Has the Chinese Communist Party fooled the world? You have to hand it to the CCP. They're getting everyone to accept not just lower economic output, but lower economic potential. And by everyone, I don't just mean those living inside of China, because the spillover and impacts will spread in very real fashion all over the world. They are currently selling this idea of a stable economy. But the stable economy that they're selling is not the one that's being written up in the Western media, because the Western media reads stability as okay, the economy has stopped falling and therefore it's now stabilized and can start taking off all over again. That's not what the Chinese are up to. They are selling the idea of stability in the respect that it's not good, it's gonna to continue to decline, but it's not in danger of declining in some disorderly, crashy-like fashion. Those are two very different things with two very different implications and the data that they just released last night backs up the assertion of managed decline. As I talked about in the recent video, the Chinese are trying to live with this silent depression. The goal of stability is not exactly what's being sold. That's what they're selling you in terms of a message, but what the real aim here is very different. And it starts with the statistics themselves. The press release that the CCP put out accompanying the figures like GDP and industrial production, retail sales, and fixed asset investment, it starts out just this way. Faced with the complex and severe international environment and the arduous and arduous tasks of domestic reform, development, and stability, under the strong leadership of Party Central Committee, with Comrade Xi Jinping at the core, all regions and departments resolutely implemented the decisions and arrangements of the Party Central Committee and the State Council and adhered to stable. Well, it just kind of tails off there, but that's the message. We're dealing with a whole host of really bad circumstances and we're doing the best we can to limit the downside. That doesn't mean that China's not still heading toward a downside, but that downside, at least according to the Communist Party and what they're selling everyone else, is a stable downside. But can any actual severe downside really be stable? Well, if you take away the worst case scenario, that doesn't eliminate some bad stuff too. But I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. A couple days from now, Friday, October 20th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Eastern Daylight Time, we will be conducting another webinar where we talk about the supremacy of the U.S. dollar, but it's not really supremacy and it's not really the U.S. dollar that's supreme. Dollar dominance when it's not the dollar that is dominant. What is dominant? Why are people upset about it? And can it be dethroned? Can the king dollar actually be replaced? The better question to ask is, what is it that everybody is trying to replace it, assuming that's what everybody's attempting to do? We're going to answer all of these questions Friday, October 20th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. There's a link in the description of this video for you to register and sign up. The webinar is, oh, is, is completely free. However, I'm told that space is running out. So if you, if you really wanna join us to talk about the dollar, make sure you sign up at the link in the video description. Stability to most people in the rest Western world means something very different because it sounds intuitive, right? That the economy was in danger, whether it's China or anywhere else, it was falling off. We stabilize it at a hopefully not too low level and therefore it heals, it starts to, it starts to undertake some of the 
recovery type processes. We get into the virtuous circle and it takes off again. So the idea of stability that's being sold in the Western media or sold to the Western media by the Communist Party, they're hoping that in sentimental effects, sort of like central banks around the Western world, that will help play a role in stabilizing China's economy as the Chinese understand it, which is not the same thing. As I said before, managed decline is how China is choosing to live in this Eurodollar silent depression, when in reality, stability just hopes to limit the downside of a continued decline. And that's what the statistics all show. Even though headlines throughout the Western world suggest, oh, the Chinese recovery has begun. You see the phrase, China has turned a corner everywhere. As China continues its managed decline, its hopefully managed decline, stability toward the downside, it continues to depress economic circumstances and potential outside of China as well. So the economic statistics, let's start with those. GDP was the big one, I guess the big one for the third quarter. And lo and behold, the Chinese began this year by saying, again, ratcheting down expectations. Their GDP target for 2023 would only be around 5%. Not only were they unwilling to commit to a 5% target, they were that 5% target is incredibly low to begin with. Again, ratcheting down expectations as the economy ratchets down. After the stumble in the second quarter, it was hoped that reopening would be enough to achieve that 5% target, around 5%. But after that stumble in the second quarter, it became clear that stability needed to kick in. And again, stability isn't about stabilizing to, to create a recovery. Stability is about, okay, we can't let the economy continue to go to the same, to the same uh, pace to the downside that it was in the second quarter. So authorities flipped into action in the third quarter. They started to intervene in the currency. There was some modest stimulus, some rate cuts, not a whole lot, but enough to try to manage the downside, stabilize the economy as it continued to decelerate. According to the GDP statistics for the third quarter, that, that job or that goal was met. On a year-over-year -year basis, year, uh, GDP, real GDP slowed to 4.9%, which was down from 6.3% in the second quarter, but that was entirely base effects. And that was slightly faster than the 4.5% in the first quarter. More importantly for the government anyway, GDP over the first nine months of the, the 2023 grew at a 5.2% rate, which means they're on track to meet their, their policy target for around 5% for the full year, which the quarter over quarter rate for GDP was 1.3%, which uh, when you see the rest of the statistics, it looks a little bit suspicious. And of course, the Chinese are known whether this has ever been established firmly or not, they're known for, say, let's let's say managing their GDP numbers so that they can hit some of these targets. So the quarter over quarter rate was 1.3%, which was faster than analysts had been expecting. They were expecting 1.0%. It was certainly faster than the downward revised 0.5% in the second quarter. So that feeds into this narrative of stability leading to a Chinese recovery. When 1.3% year over year, that's not a great rate whatsoever. 
You can really see the difference here in terms of Chinese retail sales. That's the one that, that people have been very concerned about because retail sales in China have been weak, not just this year, nor last year during the lockdowns, but ever since 2020. And as we go through the statistics, I'll, I'll show you exactly what I mean. In the month of September, your, uh, retail sales in China were up 5.5% year over year. That was faster than the 4.6% year over year rate in August and the 2.5% 2, annual rate in the month of July. So again, it looks like retail sales are accelerating here, but those are year over year changes that include substantial base effects, including in September. Now the NBS actually provides monthly changes. So month over month in a seasonally adjusted or an apples to apples comparison. But you never see these numbers make it into the Western media because they're really, they aren't prominently featured. In fact, you have to go deep into the press releases just to see these each and every month. But when you go down to the bottom of the press release on retail sales, what you see is the month over month change, which eliminates the idea of base effects. The month over month change in September was 0.02%. Not 2%, not 0.2%, but 0.02%, so basically flat to August. And August wasn't all that good either. In August, the monthly chain and re change in retail sales was 0.22%, which wasn't a great month either. You go back to July, especially coming after July, which was a negative. We had negative retail sales minus 0.14% in July. So you had a negative in July, barely enough to come back in August, and then September was flat to both of those. And you can see that in the comparison, go back to June was 0.45% and May was 0.51%. And those were those rates weren't great either. You do the math, 0.51% is about 6.5% annual rate. That's not a good number for Chinese retail sales. But the government is getting people to accept, well, if not crashing, it must be stable. That's really the message they're sending here. And when we look at stability in retail sales, flat retail sales in the month of September that's nothing good because the 5.5% annual rate was the best since May. And it seems like it's accelerating when you just do a little bit of investigation and you see retail sales are not all that healthy. Industrial production, basically the same thing here. Again, stability, a very different idea from the Chinese perspective. Year over year in September, 4.5%, which is exactly the same as August, 4.5%. It had been 3.7% in July and 4.4% in June. So almost the definition of stability. And if you think that's the start of a recovery, that's what they want you to think. But it's the definition of Chinese stability is that ratchets down from previous periods when industrial production was never less than 7%. And then it was never less than 6%. And now it's never, it's never less than 5% or 4%, but it often is. The month over month changes, again, you see deceleration, 0.36% month over month in September. That's slower than 0.5% in August. In July, a really bad month was basically flat on change at 0.04%. And then before that, in the middle of the what limited reopening there was, 0.68% uh, and 0.69% in May and June. So we slowed down, China has slowed down even from reopening, which we all know reopening wasn't really a positive trend to begin with. Slowing from what wasn't good isn't good. 
Fixed asset investment, maybe the lone actual bright spot here, though it doesn't seem that way at first. Everything is, everything is all jumbled up in terms of how it looks on the surface. The accumulated rate in September for total FII or fixed asset investment was 3.1%, which was slowing down from the 3.2% in August, 3.4%, in July, 3.8%, all the way back in June. Remember, these are accumulated rates. So they, they take all of the months year to date. So for the current month, that's all the first nine months of 2023 and compare them to the first nine months of 2022. And so total of FAI is up 3.1%, which is a really low number. However, FAI had been uh, contracting during the reopening middle months of, the, of this year. And now it has actually somewhat stabilized in terms of the, at least in terms of the fact that it's not contracting anymore. You look at the monthly changes in total FAI, 0.15% in September, at least it's a positive, not a great number, but at least it's positive. Uh, that's a slower a little bit uh, from August 0.20%. And then negative numbers for uh, both June and July, and then the positive in May of 0.29%. So even in August and September, supposedly stable, it's still at a slower rate, but at least it's not contracting. But at least it's not contracting is the Chinese idea of stability, not the stability that most people are thinking as a platform to springboard into recovery. Private, uh, private FAI actually increased a tiny bit in September. So that's the loan positive in all of these numbers. And it, has not, it doesn't have to do with real estate. It's more so the modest government-led stimulus that's working its way through the economy, creating moderate temporary impacts. Private FAI was, was down on an accumulated basis of 0.6% in September, but that's better than the 0.7% in August, which might represent the worst number for this year. So again, the idea of stability, hey, China is gonna start recovering from here when the Chinese are saying stability is just trying to limit the downside. The markets, let's talk about the markets because they seem to know the difference here. The Western media is talking about China as, as it's ready to turn a corner and start recovering. The markets know, well, we might have somewhat changed the trajectory of Chinese economy moving downward. It's no longer looking like it's going to crash and fall off a cliff, but that doesn't mean it's going to tumble down a, sub a substantial hill. Again, stability is about managing the decline, not stopping it nor reversing it. So you look at some of the markets here, some of the more important ones, especially commodities like Shanghai Steel. Shanghai Steel today at 3,600. Uh, that's CNY per ton. That's not a good number. That's barely off what was a multi-month low, and it's coming down a little bit from these rumors of stimulus from just last week. And at 3,600, that's about the same price for Shanghai Steel as during late 2018 and 2019, during that economic and real estate and construction slump too. So the markets are thoroughly unimpressed by these statistics and thoroughly unimpressed by the stability in the Chinese economy. In fact, they recognize what stability means here means we still have a downside from China, but it's not necessarily a disorderly one that everyone's really afraid of. Copper prices, copper today at 358, that's just a couple pennies off of what had been an almost entire year low, low going back to November of 2022 of 355. In reaction to the Chinese data, there isn't one in copper either because copper 
buyers, producers, and sellers, they see the differences in stability and definitions and what, what the government is selling and what the Western media is interpreting. Hang Seng, let's talk about stocks, Hong Kong stocks, which I've said before is one of the most important indicators of the Chinese economy, the monetary system, the cross currents, and all of those. The Hang Seng today, just 17,700 on the index. That was 18,200 just a week ago on the rumors of China's new stimulus. And really there's a reason why there's rumor for China's new stimulus because even the Chinese government on some level knows this isn't really working. Selling stability and actual stability are two different things. The Hang Seng had been above 20,000 in late July and it was 23,000 back in January when reopening was still thought to be a real thing. Boy, that seems like a distant memory. So off more than 5,000 points during reopening, during the aftermath of reopening, and during this stability period. One final market, uh, market price, that would be, of course, the currency itself, CNY. Today, 731.68, it's been lower than that. So heading towards 732 all over again. It was 729.19 back on October 9th. Again, modest stimulus hopes that not really, not really paying off, nor is it really leading to any sort of buy-in across either commodities, finance, whatever the case may be, money. The yuan continues to move lower and the authorities in China recognize that it wants to move lower because they keep adjusting their, their daily midpoint fix. Um, Friday had been 717.75, which was, which was putting the currency value in danger of violating the 2% band. But as we've seen several times before, whenever the value gets, gets close enough to the daily limit, it's authorities who blink, not the market. And that's what happened on Monday. The central parity was fixed at 717.98. So it was somewhat weaker compared to Friday. And then they've been trying to move it a couple pips higher uh, both yesterday and today. Now we're at 717.95 as the currency itself continues lower because again, the markets are not buying the Western idea of stability. We see these economic statistics and understand what they mean. China's economy continues to ratchet itself lower and lower and lower. And given its, its attempt to try to navigate the silent depression, what the Chinese communists have to do is sell both the internal Chinese economy as well as the external global economy on the idea of stability. That stability is somehow a good thing. That limiting the downside but not eliminating the downside is a desirable outcome. Well, it's a desirable outcome for the Chinese Communist Party, which is seeking only to maintain the Chinese Communist Party. But in macroeconomic concerns, in monetary conditions, the Chinese, what they're selling, their idea of stability is nothing like what you keep hearing. It is continued decline in the economy that will spill over and have negative impacts all over the rest of the world. If you haven't seen it already, the video link below me, that's the one about the Chinese and their, their attempt at navigating the silent depression. What are the long run consequences as well as the long run problems that they're trying to deal with? As always, I thank you for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University members and subscribers. And don't forget, Friday's webinar, Space is Limited.